Hi guys, welcome to my Move and Inspire podcast. My name is Sophie Deer. I'm a yoga teacher, a health and happiness warrior, and like you, I am constantly doing my best to navigate this crazy world that we live in. My mission is to spread the zest that I have for life to each and every one of you and give you the chance to feel empowered, strong, connected, healthy, and above all, happy. I will be interviewing some kick-ass and inspirational people to motivate you to create transformations in order to live your best possible life. This podcast is slightly different to my usual podcasts. It's been taken from a discussion I had with a wonderful friend, Marielle, on Instagram. We spoke about kindness, and even though it's very much a discussion, Marielle is interviewing me, so you will get a bit more of an insight into my thoughts, values, and beliefs. I hope you enjoy. Multitasking to the extreme today, and the sun literally just rose. It's been such a special morning. This is so exciting. I love that the sun just rose with you and with me. The sun is definitely set. Yeah. (laughs) I know. That's so funny. We're literally on opposite sides of the world. I know. I love that. It's, um, I'm sure we're going to go into all of this, but I've, I've found this whole time, um, and I've mentioned this in my classes, to be a strange one because so many of us are experiencing the effects of isolation. But I was thinking about it so much, and I feel like before all of this happened, at least for me, so much of my life felt like I was already living an isolated existence. Like Connection has completely changed for me over the course of these last two months, probably because we're realizing what we had and that we maybe took it for granted. But I have to tell everyone that's joining us right now. So Sophie Deer is a dear friend of mine, but also a colleague. Um, We both are, are yoga teachers and we've taught in a lot of the same studios. And it's one of those massive frustrations that I've I think I took knowing that you were in London for granted, and we've actually gotten closer now that we're oceans apart, and I'm grateful for it because I think you're absolutely wonderful. You're a huge source of inspiration for me, but it's definitely probably going to be one of those regrets in my life that we didn't spend more time together when we were physically in the same place. Um, It just means I have to come visit you in Bali, number one, like, goal. Exactly. And also, I don't, I don't think either of us need to regret it. I think that's so natural to like London life, so busy. And then when you can take this time to step back, and both of us have been going on really similar journeys with um, some of the struggles we've had as yoga teachers. So having one another's back has really felt like it's come at a really wonderful time. And I feel like our friendship is just going to be stronger and stronger now. So yeah, no regrets. I couldn't possibly agree more. And we're definitely going to touch on that today because I think it's it's important as we talk about kindness, well, to share our experiences, but definitely I'm sure there's going to be some teachers tuning in, especially teachers that are new to teaching yoga. Well, let's kick this off because I do want to give uh, you a proper introduction. So for those of you that are joining us or that will be listening to this later, Sophie Deer, as I mentioned, is an incredible yoga teacher. She has just launched her membership, her community, Move and Inspire. Um, I have been watching you from probably when this was an idea, formulating back when you were creating your YouTube videos, and you are seriously such a source of inspiration. And I know that the amount of work that this has taken, the amount of 
blood, sweat, and tears. But more than anything, the amount of love that has gone into a project um, like this. And for those of you that don't know Sophie Deer, she was teaching in London. And I think I want to kick things off with the fact that you uprooted your life, moved to Bali, which, you know, living there alone, it takes an incredible amount of courage to make a decision like that and to actually follow through with a decision like that. And I think at the same time, for those that don't know kind of the full story as to what led you there, it does open you up to a huge degree of vulnerability as perhaps you feel that there's judgment or otherwise. So let's start this conversation with how kindness played into, well, the need for kindness as you did all of this, as you basically uprooted your life. I think those are the moments where we need to find kindness the most, not only towards ourselves, but to be able to lean on the people around us to help us get through. I was thinking about this earlier because we kind of discussed that this is how we would like come into, into this whole discussion about kindness. And I was thinking how I am super lucky and happy to be at a point with actually the fact that kindness, it, it came quite easily to me with this decision. And moving felt like such, uh, like I was about to live my life in such an alignment in terms of like my truth and my values and and what I wanted to achieve so therefore it was it was a lot easier for me to be kind to myself but looking back three years four years basically most of my adult life I would not have been able to approach this like I am right now so it's cool to see that journey to know that right now I'm able to be kind and compassionate to myself and during the move I was able to be kind and compassionate to myself. But I know that, yeah, it's been a journey for sure. So I'm glad that you touched on that because I know we're both fans of listening to podcasts and we're both very big fans of Brené Brown. And I was listening to a podcast of hers recently and I want to tie this in because they were talking about loneliness and the importance of how connection starts with ourselves, how we need to heal our relationship with ourselves in order to have deeper, more meaningful connections, but also in order for us to do exactly what you just said, in order for us to show kindness, not only to ourselves, but then have it be an expression in our outer worlds as well. So I think it's good that you mentioned the journey previous to you moving to Bali, because I think for a lot of people right now who are perhaps struggling with self-kindness, one of my, I think it's everyone's challenge, to be honest, but there's a lot of healing that needs to happen on the inside in order for us to be able and willing to show kindness and to be able to approach difficult decisions and moments of struggle with kindness. Because I think a lot of times it's the opposite. We are our biggest critics. We are the hardest on ourselves. And if we don't have, if we don't come from a place of authenticity and, and self-love, really, I think kindness becomes really hard, right? Yeah, it's really interesting that you just used the word authenticity because one of the things that I wanted to touch on was about being able to lead a, a meaningful life without kindness. And I don't think that's possible because I think in order to lead a meaningful life, we need kindness to be able to be authentic to ourselves. So again, talking about being like, in alignment and 
knowing your truth and your values and what it is you want to do and your purpose and your dharma or whatever kind of words you want to use, you have to be kind to yourself. There's no way the noise, as you were talking about, the noise, that inner critic, that self-doubt, the horrible voices we have inside our head, if they're too loud, we can't be authentic. We can't find that true essence. And that true essence allows us to lead our best possible lives. So for me, it's about using kindness to quieten down all the rubbish that we tell ourselves all day. And I still do it. But I have these amazing practices in my life now that allow me to really, really enhance the kindness that I feel towards myself. And I think it's these practices, so yoga, meditation, and then I do three daily practices, which is gratitude, intentions, and affirmations. And with, without them, I just wouldn't have this, this kindness, this compassion towards myself. I wouldn't have this self-worth. I wouldn't have this self-love. You, you'd laugh at me if you could see me first thing in the morning because I do my meditation practice and then I do these, these three practices of gratitude affirmations and intentions and my affirmations I go big on them I'm like I'm kick-ass and strong I'm gonna rock today I'm gonna smash out today I love it though (laughs) have you seen that little kid in the U.S. who like his mom uh, I think his parents brought him up like every single day to do that and he would literally like be walking to school and he's like I'm great I'm like it's the sweetest thing in the world but Do not underestimate the power of affirmations. You know, in life coaching, they call those inner voices saboteurs. And it's fascinating because they are a part of ourselves and they're actually defense mechanisms. Like they genuinely want what's best for you, but they do that by keeping you small so that you don't have to deal with conflict, struggle, issues, insecurity, all all of these things. But unfortunately, as we age, as we grow up, these voices get louder, they get bigger, and they they massively hold us back, and they create a huge amount of insecurity. And I think when we're insecure, we then approach life, and, and this was also part of the podcast I was listening to, which I thought was fascinating, but we look at connection um, as a means of validation rather than like sincere connection because it because it matters on a deeper level, we're actually constantly looking for people to tell us that we're worthy because we don't feel that sense of worth from within. And for me, that's something that's so powerful because like you, I've spent a lot of my life, it took me a really long time, but I, you know, I, I, I have spent through therapy, through coaching, through yoga, through meditation, but I'm a people pleaser and I really want to be liked. That's, that's my nature. So a lot of times, uh, you know, that resonated so much, our need for validation versus our need for genuine connection. And again, I wonder if this whole isolation has changed things for me because I'm now really looking for deep and meaningful connection. I really want, you know, we, we both talk a lot about being inspired or wanting to inspire others. I think we, we want to give back to our communities. We want to help others learn the things that we've learned along our journey. But anyways, I'm, I'm going off on a really long tangent. But though it's, it's, I think it's important for, for people to recognize their approach to connection and kindness. But let's bring it back to you. 
one of the things that I do want us to talk about um, as teachers. So I know that we're going to go off tangent, I'm sure. So as much as the theme is kindness, we will keep bringing it back to kindness. But as teachers, and I know that there are, again, probably a lot of teachers up and coming or otherwise tuning into this conversation, I find that finding kindness in yoga has been has been interesting because as much as this community is wonderful and supportive, and it's changed a lot, I find. Um, but I think initially when I started off as a teacher, there's a lot of ego and a lot of comparison. How do you find kindness as a new teacher approaching maybe other teachers for support? And then eventually when you're an established teacher, being an inspiration, sharing what you've learned um, to your community. So interestingly, I was thinking about one of the areas that we we struggle to find kindness or an area that you see less kindness. And it's when we compare ourselves. It's when we're threatened and when we compare ourselves. Then we become bitchy and we become judgmental. We all do it. But yeah, that that the comparison thing is just it's hard. Not a seat for growth for, for anything or for kindness for sure. And I feel like, yes, I agree that there are a lot of egos in terms of the uh, yoga industry and you get all sorts with yoga teachers. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I, I feel quite lucky in the sense that the people who teach who I have connected with a lot, we all teach in such a different way that for me, honestly, there's never really been a comparison and I'm not saying like I'm someone who compares my life to people. I'm like, oh, my God, all my friends have children all my friends are settled down, you know, living their sensible lives in London. And I've just like run away to Bali and working crazy hard. And, you know, like so I do compare. Um, I do my best not to, but I do. I have that inner critic. But with with yoga for me personally, my um, I suppose my journey has been that I I haven't compared myself because I think we're all so unique in how we teach. And that's the really cool thing about yoga, right? It's such a broad subject and we can teach in such different ways. It gives us space to be so many different people, whether you're someone who's going to talk about the chakras or you're going to be someone who's doing more like acrobatics or handstands or whatever it is. We all have like our own little niches. And so I actually have found the like, our relationship we have very similar clients like we have a lot of students who come to both of our classes I've never felt that was a competition I'm like that's awesome like we we inspire our students in different ways and that's really really cool yeah I think it ties back to what you were saying about authenticity I think one of the first things that new students are usually told is how important it is to find your authentic voice because when you're new. And I remember I did this all the time. I'd be like, oh my God, that teacher's awesome. I'm going to do exactly what they do. And when it doesn't come off authentically, people sense it. Like, and, and I think the reason that there's room for everyone in whatever industry you're in is that authentic element of what do you personally bring to the table? Um, and it's that vibe that attracts your tribe, essentially. Um, totally. One thing and that I think is really... Oh, go on. No, go on. I was just going to say that, like, I remember someone saying to me, you need to find your voice. And I remember being like, 
such an annoying yeah. thing to hear. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh. And, and th- like, in a way, they were right. And I actually experimented. So I would say to new teachers, if you're feeling a little bit lost, experiment with some stuff that you think, oh, I'll have a go at doing that. So, for example, one of my teachers is quite strict. So I had a go at being strict, and it did not work. <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> you and I, we would have been in the same boat, I know. I couldn't do it. I was just, I was like laughing at myself being like, this is ridiculous. This is so not you. So I tried one class, failed at it and was like, I'm never going to be strict. Like I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be that teacher who has everyone in seated meditation and the, the room is quiet as you walk in. I want a room that's like loud and bubbly and community vibe. And, and that's my vibe. But also finding so for me to be able to actually get comfortable with being that person because I've had people say like your yoga class is too like fitnessy or whatever or too fast or whatever to be yoga and I'm like okay that's cool but go and learn off someone else and that's so fine but this is me and this is what I want to teach and this is how I love to practice totally and I remember um I actually listened to a podcast with one of our teachers Cel Celeste Pereira how you say her surname? Pereira. There we go. So (laughs) she, she actually talks about how, um, in this one podcast that I, I listened to a while ago, how she felt she wanted to be this teacher who was just much more relaxed and, and so on. And how she struggled with that to begin with, because she was worried about what people thought. And it gave me this, like, this inspiration and this ability to be like, okay, though, this is cool. I can be who I want to be. I don't have to be the person that people are are kind of wanting to mold me into. Because especially, you know, studios we work for, sometimes they want to mold you a little bit and you have to either be like, okay, you know that I can do that. That still feels authentic to me. Or you have to be like, or put your foot down. That's not my bag. So absolutely. And you're going to get criticisms along the way. Well, and that's like, um, I, well, I was just going to say, like, that's the big thing. Judgment is is you you have to you have to kind of put a divide between that fear of being judged and that desire to be authentic, because that fear of being judged is never going to go away. But it really doesn't matter because it's just opinions. It's just perspectives. It's different values. It's whatever you want it to be. But it's not a reflection of you. The only thing that's really a reflection of you is your personal self-worth, is your feel that that feeling that you get of like, yes, like I now have permission. It's giving yourself permission to do what you want to do and be who you are and be okay with it. So sorry, keep going. But I just wanted to throw that in. No, that's that's literally you've hit the nail on the head. The only thing I was going to say is I um, a while ago, I did a live on Ella's um, Instagram. Uh, so deliciously Ella. So we've both done this. And um, it's obviously like, thousands of people tuning into that and there's pressure and you feel nervous and I was just doing my thing and I was being myself and I I was like vibing of it I was loving it and I was being super energetic and and then anyway I then afterwards because you can um what scroll through the the lives you save and then I yeah and I basically ended up like tapping on it scrolling through some comments and these comments started and it was like one was like this isn't a real yoga teacher. She sounds like um, a fitness instructor. That's not a yoga teacher voice. Yeah. And then they all started bouncing off each other because you know how like something spreads something, right? So a negative feeling spreads another negative feeling. And it was just like, yeah, one thing after the other, basically all saying that my voice was not like a yoga teacher. 
which is hysterical because I am, I bet you that there were probably 20 times more people that were like, I am so inspired. I'm going to go follow. I watched you went from like 8,000 followers to like 13, like, but it's funny because those comments stay with us. And it's those maybe three negative comments versus the 3,000 people that went to go follow you that drill into us. And we're like, we're not a teacher. We're not, it's, it's, that's where you really have to be careful of those inner voices because that's validation. You're looking for validation of your biggest fears about yourself. It's funny, I, I remember listening to Jay Shetty and he was talking about that exact same thing because he's a big, he loves to respond to every single comment that people make towards him. And he's like, you know, you've really got to train yourself to just be like, it's an opinion. You're allowed to have that opinion. I'm going to go focus on those people that were really supportive, really nice. Because that's the tough thing about online and, and uh, you know, having a daughter, thinking of her growing up in this kind of world, it's really easy to bully behind a screen. You know, it's really easy to type mean things uh, with, without having to face someone personally or even know what they're really about. It's we're, we're so quick to have opinions, but not but we're not good at kind of really sitting and digesting and trying to understand people that are different to us. And, and I hope that what we're experiencing right now, this whole pandemic, if anything, I hope it's starting to teach people about our shared humanity, that we're way more similar than people realize. Nobody comes out of this scratch free. You know, we're all having our own, you know, our journey's different. For me, I, you know, it's been a little bit of a holiday and I, I get embarrassed saying that because I'm in this beautiful place. I'm with my family. I have help with my daughter. But that doesn't mean I don't struggle. You know, like I, I still I still have my challenges too, for sure. One thing I wanted to bring up, which I actually read in class, um, there is a quote uh, that I came across when I was looking at wanting to talk about kindness. And it reads, we often associate kindness with giving. I think that's true, but I've also come to believe that there is a deeply spiritual type of kindness that happens when we give ourselves permission to receive. Now, I follow you closely because I love everything about you. But, you know, watching you in Bali, watching, so you were attacked recently, very scary, you know, moments where you feel alone and you really, you have a great friend network. Like I keep seeing you with your friends and those relationships seem to be so wonderful. And I think what I saw when I was watching you go through your accident and recovery, one was kindness to yourself to be able to say, I'm building this business, but it's okay for me to stop for a moment and look after me. But two was the ability to say, I need help. I need my friends to help me. Like, I can't change myself. I can't bathe at the moment, like all these. And I, for one, struggle asking for help. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on kindness, not just being about giving, because we always assume it's, I need to be nice to other people. But it's also a big part of allowing other people to be nice to us too. Well, that like so many wonderful insights and in all of that. I love that. Um, so I suppose those of you who don't know, I got I was on my um scooter driving along at about 35 miles an hour, and two guys came up and tried to grab my bag off me and in the process pulled me off my bike and I skidded on the ground. Um and I a lot worse could have happened, and I ended up with 
with some injuries that basically meant I couldn't really walk. Because Bali is so dirty, the way you have to dress your wounds is very different to what it would be like in the UK. So I couldn't get anything wet for a long time. And I basically couldn't, couldn't probably walk for about three and a bit weeks. And um, I would say one thing is I'm really lucky because funnily, my, a great friend of mine from TV, I used to work in TV and a very close friend of mine decided to come and visit me. And she was going to come for five days. This is my friend Saz before she went to Australia. And she got here, just managed to get here because of all travel, you know, hell broke loose. She just managed to get here. Then behind her, a good friend of hers who she'd just been in Gur with followed. So my great friend Saz and then um, a, a lovely friend Kira, who I call Shakira, <laughs> who's become a really good good friend. They're living in a house together. They... Um, they came and got me from the accident after it happened. I was like on the side of the road with some incredible Balinese people and they came and got me. I got bandaged up within half an hour. We were laughing. We were like, I knew I was in trouble for a good few weeks, but we were laughing. We were, I was so grateful that I wasn't more hurt that ultimately it was surface wounds. Um, and uh, yeah, we were kind of singing in the hospital and messing around with the nurses. And I spent two days at home And then realized I just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't do my everyday life without proper help. And also just being around a really good old friend and and having the company. So um, I just said to my friend Saz, I was like, please, can I move in with you? And that meant me, you know, moving into her bedroom. Like she had to like share her space and we had to navigate that. And I felt like I was encroaching on her space a lot. And then her friend Shakira, at this point, I didn't know her super well, but she was amazing to me. And one thing that I have with with the receiving thing is I was like, oh, I'll buy this, guys. I'll buy that. I felt like I constantly had to pay them back. Yeah. And they both sat me down and they were like, you don't have to pay for everything. We want to be here for you. And that was really huge for me. And I have grown closer and closer to them because of this whole situation. I mean, they've been amazing to me. And something I actually speak to Saz about, we have some really interesting, deep conversations out here. It's like Bali is our like spiritual home where we have all these conversations. But a really interesting thing about receiving, right, is how many times do you find that someone will say to you, they'll be like, Mariel, you're smashing it. You're doing so well right now. And I bet what you would say is, yeah, but do you know what? I'm not, I'm not struggling like most of the people in the UK. I'm not on lockdown like everyone else. I'm with my family. I've got help with my daughter. And you'd be making excuses. You wouldn't receive that compliment. 100%. So that's something I did in therapy because in therapy, my amazing therapist was like, every time I try and explain to you how well you're doing, you bash it down. And I didn't even know I was doing it. It was like this pattern that I had no idea I was doing it. So now when people say to me, you're really strong, you're dealing with this really well, or, you know, your business is going really well. I pause and I say, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Yeah. I just, I'm so careful never to push any compliment away now, because firstly, it means that I can actually take that in. If I'm going back and being like, no, 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 then I'm believing that I'm not worthy of that. So I'm doing damage to myself by doing that. 
but also I'm not giving that person the love by by accepting their kindness their comment because they then just yeah their kindness because because then they're feeling like oh it wasn't taken on board yeah and it hasn't sunk in and she's just made excuses but if you go thank you so much they feel great because they've been able to give that that act of kindness so that was a huge one for me well I have to say so that that is amazing and I'm definitely going to take that on board because I I do it all the time. I'm like, yes, but you don't realize I was pregnant for nine months. And so I have all this built up. And, you know, I'm always I come up with those excuses too. Um, acts of kindness. So here's something for our students. If you're watching um, one of the things and, and it happened before pandemic, um, but I can't begin to express and I feel like a lot of teachers feel this way. But when I sometimes I think it's hard for students to approach teachers. I think teachers can be quite intimidating in a class environment. Some teachers, not all. Um, and I think we both work really hard to be those kind of people that are like sweaty hugs, like I'm all over it. But for me, a big act of kindness that I can't begin to tell people what it means to me is is when people give us nice feedback. It can be negative feedback too. Don't feel like you can't give us negative like feedback in general. But when people are really kind towards the effort that we put into teaching. Now, I, I don't, for those that don't teach, um, all I can say is we spend a lot of time trying to come up with new ways to teach, new sequences, new music, new everything. Um, there's a lot of effort that goes into it, but very rarely, unless people tell us, do we know how that's taken. And the funny thing is in yoga classes, when you're watching your students, I don't know what it is about yoga, but it's really hard to smile. Like you really have to remind yourself to smile while you're practicing. So as a teacher, I remember like countless times I'd be watching people in my class and thinking, wow, this belly flopped. Like people are hating my vibe right now. And it's always the people I think hate it the most that come up to me at the end of class and are like, that was awesome. That was great. Thank you so much. And, and for me, those, it might seem like nothing to say thank you. Um, to say, I really enjoyed that. But from the receiving end, I can't begin to tell you guys what it means. Like those words of support really fuel our energy because we put so much in and it's not just mental, it's emotional, it's physical. So I wanted to throw that in there because for me, that's a huge act of kindness that has amplified while we've been, I I think people are really supportive of how hard it's been for teachers. And I think that's, um, something that I know personally I'm very grateful for yeah I feel like I've had the some incredible um love on social media actually like the messages from people being like your membership channel is getting me through lockdown yeah I feel less anxious every day when I do a flow with you all this stuff that because people have been thrown into these really difficult situations and it's like with their little bit of light in their day, in their day, that's really, really tricky. And it's, it's been unreal actually. And I spend a lot of time going through my DMS and making sure I reply to everyone. And yeah, those acts of kindness, because I think both of us, one of our truths, one of our main purposes is to inspire people to lead better, healthier, happier lives. 100%. I know we're so on the same page with this. So if someone comes to us and says, you're doing that, it's like, 
I just feel Thank awesome. You. I don't want to jump <laughs> up and down. It's so great. So yeah, it's it's super cool to so to, to receive that. And it's also funny because I, I remember writing something about this a while ago on a post on Instagram, but sometimes in a yoga class, you'll walk in the room, people will be doing their thing, you know, they'll be mellow. You'll teach a class, and if you're you and me, you're teaching with energy, and you're trying to make a joke here and there, and they often fall flat or like Silence. you know everyone's really yeah because a yoga class no one's talking back at you right so it's like it's a one way dialogue of course yeah. and then at the end you know people might just be like digging deep within themselves and they walk out and they don't say anything and you've you've just gone on gone in and you feel like was that a total tumbleweed you have no idea and and often people have said totally. to me no, no no it's just you know I'm in the zone and I get that I've done that before I've walked into classes and not yeah. been able to say anything and had to walk out and you being inwards is a wonderful part of yoga but it just is that funny thing and I would say to a lot of new teachers out there like don't be worried if if no one's saying anything like you're still doing a great job stick with what feels right for you and like yeah 100 percent. and also be careful again it's that inner voice that's telling you like wow that went really badly i'd say 80 percent, maybe even more 90 percent of the time you're wrong like you think it went terribly and it went so well and, and people love it but they are they're in their zone they're doing their own thing i used to joke in class because um i don't i don't own um, I sometimes, I sometimes do depending on, but in most of my classes, I won't own, but I, I do breathing at the, at the end, you know, take a deep inhale and exhale. And I always joke. I'm like, I know if people have enjoyed it, if it's like a real exhale, you know, it's like, <sighs> and you're like, yes. Otherwise, if it's like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, I love that. I, I, we'll work on that next time. It's fine. But so one of the things that when we were talking about having this conversation that came up um, and we can touch on it uh, uh, briefly, if you want to, there's a big link between compassion and kindness. And I, I was reading up again, like trying to look into kindness a little bit more, but it's you almost have to be in a mindset of compassion towards yourself and towards others for kindness to really to really shine. Um, Tell me kind of your thoughts, experience as, as, as it comes to compassion and, and its impact on kindness. I think um, they're literally, they're, they're, they're completely linked. Yeah. Like, the same thing. Yeah. So if you were to ask me where to start with kindness, I would say kindness, compassion and acceptance for yourself first. Then I think I w- wrote those three words down. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah, and if you if you can start start with those towards yourself, you're going to give that out to the world a lot easier. It's not going to be feeling like you're being kind, but you resent that a little bit. You've got to you've got to put yourself first with with all of this. And something to me that links really closely with compassion is actually vulnerability. So I have had the most amount of kindness towards me when I have been really vulnerable. And I'm someone who is not good with vulnerability with strangers. Like with great friends, I can wear my heart on my sleeve. Like I'm super sensitive. I'm super emotional. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a very open person. But that's like with my, with my friends, with my close friends. With strangers, I've really struggled to the point where I remember on my teacher training, because I was at such a vulnerable point of my life, I decided that I didn't want to make friends with anyone. I remember literally making that decision. I was like, I can't make friends with anyone because I can't be vulnerable 
in front of these strangers. So like, I'm not doing it. And I just really, really held off making friends, which I think, you know, me now is like odd. Cause I now want to learn from everyone yeah. and grow from everyone. And I'm like, be my friend. So <laughs> it's really weird to have had that journey as well. But what I'm noticing, because I did two things earlier this year, I did a day retreat and a weekend retreat. And I decided in those two things that I would be truly vulnerable about what has gone in my, on in my life in the past six months and basically wh- why I ended up moving to Bali and how my life has changed. And I even did it with my mum in the room. My mum came to this day retreat and I was so nervous what my mum would think. Like for her, it's like massive oversharing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I did it. I was super vulnerable and I said like my story and I had so much kindness towards me after that it was like yeah it makes me emotional thinking about it it was unbelievable like people and really really trying to understand what had gone on for me but also people realizing that it, it could help them and the only way I could be vulnerable was to be kind and compassionate to myself it's like this little cycle I actually wrote it down I want to want to read it out because I thought it was such a cool little cycle that I worked out so if I'm kind to myself I find the strength to be vulnerable. Like if I'm kind and compassionate to myself, I'm able to be vulnerable towards people because I'm not so worried about what being judged because I love myself and I, and I'm speaking my truth. So then in return, I then receive kindness and compassion from other people for being vulnerable. And then those around me find kindness and compassion for themselves because they realize We're all in the same boat. We're all struggling. We all go through the same things. And just because we're a teacher and we're confident to stand up in front of the room and lead a class, it doesn't mean that we don't suffer from the same things that like everyone does, or we haven't been there in the past. Like I'm definitely a version of myself. I'm like the best version of myself now, but it's taken work. Yeah. It's taken a lot of work. So yeah, I suppose in answer to your question, that is how vulnerability and compassion and compa- and kindness all mix in with one another. It's and to be vulnerable cause... is to be super courageous as well. Like, as we know from our friend Brené. Brené, <laughs> love her. I really do. She'd be like my number one guest to, you know, if I could invite anyone to dinner in the world, it would, it would definitely be her. But it's, it's funny that you say all of that because um, one of the things that I focus the most on in my life, when I talk about things as a coach, um, is loneliness. It's, it's something that I struggled with for a very big part of my life. And I think it's interesting, the thing with loneliness, because they say that loneliness is a pandemic too, that, it, that, that there, people are so lonely. We're so connected in terms of technology, but we're so disconnected in terms of our relationships and how we feel. And loneliness is a funny thing because we think we're alone in what we're experiencing when the moment you find that ability to be vulnerable and open you realize that there are countless people going through the exact same thing as you and all of a sudden the world becomes a little bit smaller a little bit closer and you don't feel alone anymore when you're able to open up and i think those are the moments where either just being open or asking for help is for mental health is so imperative because we always assume 
that we're strange, that we're overly emotional, overly sensitive, that we're the only ones experiencing this, that there must be something wrong with us. And it's that second that you feel the courage to say, I'm going through a tough time, that all of a sudden everyone's like pouring love your way. And that love comes from a place of, of they, they see themselves in you. When you're vulnerable and pe when it hurts, it's because we're like, wow, that's my pain too. Like I've been there, I can empathize. Like I genuinely know what you're going through and I feel for you and I wanna give you love. And I think kindness is a massive expression of love. Um, and, it, and it really brings us back to that shared humanity, to that sense of we're not alone. And, and for me, I'm always coming back to that because again, I suffered for so much of my life and it makes me sad and it wasn't anyone's fault, it was my own. And, and it was because I was always looking for things outside of myself, whether it was in relationships, whether it was you know like with boyfriends or whether it was with friendships or whether it was with colleagues. I think when you don't have self-worth, you're constantly trying to get validation externally that you're worthy. And when things go wrong, you, you do, you feel lost and you feel alone because all of your relationships haven't been founded from real connection. It's, it's that constant search for validation, kind of tying it back to the beginning. So I think your ability to be vulnerable, your ability to connect with your community in that way is absolutely invaluable. I, I think it's the scariest thing to do to open yourself up because people see it unfortunately as weakness. And, and it's funny because I think kindness sometimes is associated as weakness. I have a, a lovely friend um, who, who I'm sure is watching, uh, but she wanted me to bring that up because she was like, you know, a lot of times kindness is associated with weakness rather than a strength. And I think vulnerability has that same thing. I think a lot of these really positive emotions and behaviors are associated with weakness because they're scary because they open us up to the negative sides, to judgment, to comparison, to all the other things, but they are so much more powerful. And I remember once in my uh, recent life, I'm a very sensitive person and my whole life it was used as a weakness. I was always told, you're too sensitive. You need to like get stronger, you're, you know, stop, stop being so sad all the time or whatever. And somebody told me once, they were like, that is your superpower. Like sensitivity. I told you. Yeah. Go no, for I was it. Gonna say, right. I think I told you that. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. And, but honestly, like it's it it's so nice to have that reinforced that it's okay to be sensitive, and not only is it okay, but it's freaking awesome. Like it is your ability to empathize with other people, to feel deeply, to love deeply, to be kind. Um, so I wear it like a cape now. I I think that's um, it's a powerful thing, and I have to say. Again, I, I, I don't feel lonely anymore. And I think it had to start with me first. I had to connect with my authenticity, with my real self. Um, I had to love and accept myself as I was. But then I allowed other people to do it too. I no longer had to pretend to be someone else to be liked. Um, I, I opened myself up for people to, to like me as I am. And if they don't, that's totally fine too people pleaser in me is like, <laughs> but, but it's a journey. I would agree with that. I, I, again, from my twenties, I'm 35 now, um, from my twenties until now, it's taken me a lot of work 
to get to this place. Something I want to touch on because you you mentioned it before we got on our chat, and I think these are two really big things as well, and we don't have that much time, so we'll see if we can throw some little gems of wisdom in there, but boundaries and expectations. Tell me what you've learned about boundaries and expectations, because it ties into all of this perfectly. Well, this is still a huge path for me. This is hard for me. That's why I wanted to bring it up. So expectations, I'll just touch on really briefly. But when we are kind, we often expect that kindness in return. And I really believe that to be kind, don't have any expectations. Because otherwise you end up resenting your kindness. And, And expectations can shoot us in the bum anyway yeah so we want to be doing stuff again it comes back to that authenticity I'm doing this because I really want to do this for you I want to be kind because I want to give this for you to you and I don't expect anything in return and again it goes back to loving yourself enough that you don't need that validation from someone else totally you don't need them to be kind back you are okay with where you are at and you are loving you're giving yourself enough love yeah that you don't have to have those expectations something I'm learning big time (laughs) boundaries I'm doing a boundaries course at the moment and I'm loving it I'm not very far into it but basically I think that the we're very very similar like I'm pretty sure I told you that sensitivity yeah is, is your superpower because my um therapist actually came up with that for me it became our like thing your sensitivity is your superpower so we are very giving people naturally and that can set us up for hurt and that is where I think boundaries have to come in so I had some people I I discussed kindness with some people before this um because it's a freaking fascinating topic some people said like kindness means to me doing something for someone else even if, if it means that uh to the detriment of yourself and my belief is that it can't be to the detriment of yourself. And this was actually a conversation I ended up having with my mom. It was my mom who said it. And she's right. It's not, she talks about it not being black and white. And it, it isn't black and white. But there are people out there, like me and you, I, I think I have codependency stuff, which is a whole nother conversation. But where I will sacrifice my needs for someone else's needs because I will believe that I need to be kind and I need to be giving that person so much because I'm worried about them. And then in turn, I suffer because I don't leave enough for me. I don't leave enough of that kindness to like, um, yeah, for my soul. And so I think that's where boundaries have to come in. We are so scared to say no. We have this, again, this people-pleasing thing. We're so terrified to be like, actually, no, I can't do that today because we're so worried that, again, we'll be judged and we'll be seen as unkind. Leads back to authenticity. Be true to yourself. Set some boundaries. Boundaries, so in this course that I'm doing with Mark Groves, if anyone wants to look it up, he's at Create the Love. He's just unbelievable. He talks about negotiating boundaries. So boundaries don't have to be hard, hard, like set. But negotiating boundaries is is really important. So especially in like relationships, if you can say, actually, do you know, someone asked something of you 
actually, do you know what? I can't give you fully that, but what I can give you is X, Y, Z, because then that still leaves enough for me. How does that sound? And they're like, okay, my needs are met. That's great. But also the person who's giving, they're not giving too much. Totally. I feel like I'm waffling. No, but no, I no. Hope, I, I hope that makes like some kind of sense. I'm still learning a lot about this. So it's fascinating because one, my life coach, so I'm, I'm going to bring it back to expectations because it ties into boundaries. But one thing I wanted to say about boundaries, which I find fascinating, is working with a client once, I was doing a little research on boundaries. And they say that there is a very close link to people who, are, who struggle with boundaries and insecurity. So again, it's that people-pleasing element. It's that insecurity of, of who we are. And because of that, we're not very good at setting boundaries to protect ourselves. And as givers, when you give easily, people take easily. And I think we attract personalities sometimes that overtake or, or that take advantage of that trait of ours of giving too much and we drain ourselves it is emotionally draining to be that kind of a person so boundaries are super important but it tied to what you were saying ties into expectations my life coach once told me when I was talking about William actually my husband who is like the most amazing human being in the world and he's the first man <laughs> who who I can't fight with I, I mean like we have disagreements but I, I'm Latin and I'm emotional. So, I mean, I'm like, I'm very good at like, wah! Um, and like, I used to attract those kind of relationships where, you know, we fought hard. And anyways, I'm going off on a tangent here, but we talked about expectations. And I can't remember who was the guy that did it, but she sent me an audio file, whether it was a podcast or, or reading or whatever, about the importance of agreements versus expectations, our ability to negotiate again. But so that expectations set you up for dis disappointment because you can never you can never assume you know what another person understands of the dynamic that's happening. So instead of expecting things like I for me, for example, I need to manage my expectations when I do things. I need to be careful not to be like, this is going to happen if I do that. But when it comes to relationships, it's so much more important to create agreements to say, you know. I would love when I do this for you to do this in return rather than me to just expect them to behave in a certain way. Because I think the hardest thing for us as human beings, we're all different. But when we give, because of the way that we give, we expect to receive in the same way. When people's ability to give varies, it's like the five love languages. You know, our expectations of how to receive love and give love is really different. And I think we have to learn to be accommodating to that. We have to learn, one, if, if you don't want any issues, then really talk to people. Like, talk about what you want from them and what you hope they want from you so that you don't have expectations and you can set boundaries. You know, saying no doesn't have to be a negative thing, doesn't have to make you a bad person. You can create boundaries kindly through conversation, through agreements. And I think that is incredibly powerful because then you are respecting yourself and your own wishes and you are protecting yourself while being able to maintain that level of vulnerability and openness, I think. I love all of that. I want, I want to add one other thing about boundaries. When we set a boundary, we think that that person 
is going to suffer because you've effectively said no. And I learned recently, I had something happen where in a friendship where I ended up having to say no, I couldn't give the time that the person was wanting me to give. And the reaction wasn't great because there was an expectation that I would be giving. And about five days later, I had a message that said, thank you for everything you've done. That conversation made me realize X, Y, Z. I'm now moving on and doing what she was doing. And she'd, she'd, be, she'd moved to a place that was much better than if I had just said yes. So setting boundaries can actually be kind and move the other person forwards. So you think you're doing something to the detriment of them by, by being like selfish. And actually what you're doing is offering them a space to look after themselves and do it themselves and come to their own realizations. Yeah. And that's actually often what people need. They don't need you to hold their hand. They need to sit with their own truth and work it out themselves. That's huge. Yeah. And that was really hard for me to like be like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then the the result was so wonderful that I was like, this is That's super cool. Awesome. I'm learning That's from this. Amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I think ultimately that's the that's the big lesson is is that we're we're always going to keep learning. I mean, this is a journey and no one's got it all figured out. But yeah, I think the the kinder we can be to ourselves without constantly looking for that validation externally will push us further in life. I think it's, it's, these are really, so one of the things that came up with kindness is to do something even if it's not the easy option, um, is, is, is knowing like that to me, I find, I find challenging because sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just going to go the easy route, make everyone happy. Um, but it's exactly what you say. I think sometimes it's it's not choosing the easy option, but the option that helps us grow the most. So let's, we are running out of time, which I knew would happen with you. I'm like, we're like, how long are we going to make this go? I was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to go over time. Let's do a part two one day. Oh my God, please. I In would a couple love of that. weeks or something. Well, maybe we'll get feedback from people and see what they, because we have so many similar things that we love talking about and similar journeys with our worries and our pains and our anxieties maybe Absolutely. we could do a little poll to see what people want to talk about and we could come up with another little live I'd love yeah, to do that I would love that um and I love I love 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 how you started the conversation off with kind of things that you've been working on I hope people really make a mental note of gratitude of affirmations um of the power of our practice um yoga meditation I love you to bits and pieces thank you so much for doing this Love you so much. And we'll definitely bring this back again soon. For everyone that's joined us, that's watching, thank you. Please do send us your questions and have an awesome start to your week filled with kindness. See you soon. I loved this conversation with Marielle. Such an important topic. And I feel I could talk forever about the importance of kindness in helping you grow. Thanks so much to you guys for listening to my Move and Inspire podcast. Stay tuned for more interviews with some incredible people in wellness. Let's aim together to find our inner strength and to keep searching for what it is that sets our souls on fire. If you haven't already subscribed, I would love for you guys to check out my membership channel, Move and Inspire, for yoga classes, meditations, health and wellness tips, and recipes too. You get a free trial when you sign up, 
www.sophiedeer.com. 